Open up your Bibles to Luke 18. Wonderful. Today's message is pray and do not faint. You can put that on your sermon title on the back of your announcements. Pray and do not faint. It's our season of prayer today. Thank you, Leland. You guys did awesome. Ricky and Rachel have officially got back from their European vacation. So when you see them, you're just going to have to bless them and give them a hug and a kiss like they do in Europe. Amen. Ricky won't mind at all. I'm telling you that right now. Just kiss him right on the cheek and go wee wee. Wonderful. Luke chapter 18. The message today is pray and do not faint. During this time of prayer and fasting, we have been encouraged by the word from last week that the Lord taught us to pray the Lord's Prayer, not as a repetitious prayer, but as a prayer workout to understand the patterns of prayer, to start off by giving thanks. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, to make his business our business. How many remember that lesson? I know that we have been praying faithfully over these last few weeks, and now coming into the last week, I want to encourage you with this last lesson on prayer. And the lesson could not be any better than it says in the title, Pray and Do Not Faint. You see, because the number one problem with prayer is giving up. You might say, well, Pastor, I think faith is the biggest prayer, our biggest hindrance to prayer. I think it's giving up. Because there's people that will start with faith, but they won't end with faith. There's some of you that will come to a church service and you'll say, Amen, I got it. This is what God wants me to have. I'm going to get out and start praying. Wow, that just came down. Could somebody grab that for us, please? Thank you. But you know what? The biggest hindrance to prayer is not do I believe. The biggest hindrance to prayer is will I keep praying till I receive? Ask yourself this question. How many times have you started to pray for something, but you stopped praying? Think of that right now. You started praying for a lost family member and you stopped praying. You were praying for a promotion, something on your job, and you just said, I'll forget, I'm just going to do the best I can, whatever happens, happens. Think about the prayers that you've prayed for, things that were in the future. Prayers that God would send you a husband or a wife. Did you just kind of settle for what came your way or did you keep praying until you knew that was an answer to your prayer? You see, I think today what Jesus has for Metro Praise is the encouragement that yes, you can pray, but don't give up when you pray. That when you're praying, that there will be a time from the moment you let out that prayer to when the answer comes. And that time determines whether or not you receive what you've asked for. Let me give you a perfect example. When I was first pastoring in New Orleans, I began to have financial issues. Our people in the congregation couldn't do what you all do here and provide their their own needs. I had to go out and fundraise. I was dealing with the community in the projects of New Orleans and eight different uh, low-income Section 8 communities. And all that I had, I gave away to the people, bust them in to church, gave groceries after service. And so this congregation had no ability to provide for itself. And so we kept having a vision to do great things for God. And eventually, we couldn't pay the bills. And I came to a place in that ministry where I went to my knees and I said, God, you have got to pay the bills. Lord, if you don't pay the bills, these doors will shut. 
I didn't get up on TV crying, saying, I can't pay the bills. If you'll send a $100 check, bless the Lord, I'll send you this cloth. I didn't become a televangelist. I got on my knees and I said, God, you know this is real. If you don't come, we got to shut the doors. Now, I want you to think to yourself, what would have happened if that day, after I prayed, Lord, you have to come or we shut the doors, if I just would have looked around, seen if there was any hidden money around my house, and there wasn't any, and then I go to the church and I shut the doors and I say, the money has not come in, we're done. Think of the sad story that would have been. And yet so many of us do that when it comes to our times of prayer. The moment we pray, we don't see the answer. We just give up. We go on. And we let whatever happens, happen. But I said, Lord, I know you hear me when I pray. And so I went back to my knees the next day. And the next day. And nothing was changing. And the bills were not getting paid. And I began to worry and I began to say, how do you shut down a church? How do you do this? And I'm freaking out and I'm asking the Lord for mercy. And now it's not just, Lord, I need this blessing. No, it's like, God, do you hear me? Please, God, please. There was no more dignity. There was no more. Now, Lord in heaven, I know you heareth my prayereth. There was no sanctify. It was just, God, help, help. I'm here. Do you hear me? That was the prayer. And still nothing happened. So I learned that God does not get moved by begging. God does not get moved by pity patty parties. And for about two weeks, nothing. No money. Nobody walking up putting money in my hands. And then I go to the post office. And out of that post office come bad and good things, bills and blessings. Sometimes I never want to go to the post office, but sometimes I have to go because I know there's a blessing. It's like flipping through the left. Oh, there's the blessing. Okay. I show up. I open up the envelope from a supporter. Not only was this check for the need that I had, but it was for to cover needs in months to come. And guess what God told me to do? To check my heart and to rebuke my doubt. He said, look at the date on the check. I looked at the date on the check. And the date on the check was the very day two weeks ago that I began to pray that God would come. Now, my friends, does it always work together so nice and neat and tidy? No, I can't promise you that. But Jesus answers prayer. That's what I can promise. And I want to encourage you today to pray and do not faint. Because if I would have given up, I would have given up on the brink of a miracle. I wouldn't have saw God show up. And how many of you today are on the brink of a miracle, but you give up? You say, Pastor, well, it still would have came if you would have stopped praying. You don't know that. You don't know that. You see, don't take for granted what God does as an answer to prayer. Say, well, that still could have happened by chance. No, it was a divine miracle of God. Are you with me in Luke 18? Can you say I'm there? Come on. Then Jesus told His disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. What does the first verse of this passage say? That they should always pray and not give up. Well, Pastor, I don't feel like praying. Keep praying. Pastor, I'm getting tired. Keep praying. Pastor, nobody's listening to me at work. I'm praying for favor. Nobody's giving me favor. Keep praying. 
the things I'm praying for, Pastor, are actually getting worse. Keep praying. Heaven's not hearing me pray. I hear my prayers bounce off the ceiling, hit the floor, and they just remain there. There ain't no change in the atmosphere. Keep praying. This is Jesus talking to you and I. This is not Joe, the entertainer up here today, giving you a song and dance. Jesus gave you a parable. He gave me a parable so that we would always pray and never, ever give up. Do not let the... Things of this world that are in the natural take away the promises of the supernatural. We are here more by the supernatural than we are by the natural. Scientists after 6,000 years can still not prove that something comes from nothing. This world, the Bible says from Hebrews, was spoken by God through the power that He has. And that power sustains this earth. Do not let the do-diddles and the mundane things of this world discourage you from prayer. God still moves mountains. Why would He not be able to when He created them? It says He gave them this parable that they would always pray and not give up. Why do you think He had to tell somebody that? Because He knew that somewhere along the line we were going to get real excited and say, Hey, 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 you can pray about that. And then somebody was going to pray and then they were going to see nothing changes. And He said, Listen, soldier, I don't want you to give up and I don't want you to get discouraged. When you pray and you don't see an answer, don't give up. He says, I'm going to tell you a parable that you can understand this. You can keep your faith. You can stay excited. Don't give up the hope in your prayers. Praise God. Verse 2, here's the parable. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with their coming. And then, and the Lord said, listen to what the unjust says. And will not God bring about justice for His chosen ones who cry out to Him day and night? Will He keep putting them off? I tell you, He will see them and get them justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will He find faith on the earth? He gives the parable. There's this woman. She's going through a hard time. She goes to the judge and she says, Come on, judge. I need you to help me out. Somebody's stolen something from me. I can't afford a lawyer. I'm beating on your house door. Get me justice. And he says, Oh, go away. Go. I'm going to go back to sleep. I don't have time for you. And then she comes back and she says, Come on. There's problems in the school. I need you to take away the violence. I need help. For whatever reason she was knocking at the door, the Bible says it was for justice. And she kept knocking and knocking and knocking. And finally, this unjust judge who doesn't even fear God, who has no righteousness, says, I'm going to answer the door because this crazy woman's going to wear me out. Hello. And then God says, listen, if this unjust judge would give in to the continual pleas of this widow, how much more the God who loves you. 
What is the parable teaching us? The parable is teaching us that God does not bring about justice in our time. And as the old timer said, He's never early, He's never late, He's always on time. You see, He may not come when you want Him, but He always comes on time. You see, what this is teaching you is when you're knocking on the doors of heaven and you're not seeing it come, you keep knocking because God is a good God. You might say, well, how do we need justice? How do we need justice? Sin is an encroachment, an encroachment against the very glory of God. Sin has broken the law of God and is an invader in your life. You can declare it a evil in your life and say, get it out of my life, God. I need to be healed. This sickness is an invader in my body. Hello, somebody. Disease and sickness, infirmity. The Bible says you can kick out of your life and declare justice that I am healed by His stripes. The Bible says, says you and your household will be saved. So when you see the devil come into your house, you can declare him a thief and a robber and call on the just God and say, get this thief out of my family. I declare my children and my children's children will serve the Lord. When you see the devil come in like a flood into this city, take over high schools exchanging the Bible for metal detectors and he wants to tell you this is the way it's going to be. We can cry out for justice and say, God, take murder. Take all of this stuff out of our young people's school and bring purity. I wish I had half a church to preach with me this morning. When you see homosexuality and the degrading of human bodies hidden into a society, you can say, God, I declare that you will make a man love a woman again. That God will bring purity. When you see corruption in the government and you see the devil taking authority over abortion and over the political issues and being a schemer and a skis, you can come to God and say, Bring back the politicians that bow their knee and pray and ask for justice. You see, because if we keep on knocking, God will come to our rescue. God comes to the rescue of those who persist in prayer and do not give up. The question is, my happy saints clapping for Jesus, is when Jesus comes, will He find faith in Metro Praise? Will He find people that will hold on when people tell Him to let go? That people will stand when other people tell you to sit? That you will say what is true when other people tell you to be quiet? Will God and Jesus find faith in this place? You see, we're looking for a house and a church and a people that say, Jesus, we have faith that you answer prayer and we'll keep praying and knocking at your door because we know that you're a good God and you answer prayer. That's the parable, my friends. Go on down to the bottom of the passage. You see it right here in chapter 18 with blind Bartimaeus. Verse 35, you see the application. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. He shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want from me to do for you, Jesus? He said to Jesus, Lord, I want to see. Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately his sight was returned to him and he followed Jesus praising God. Listen to me, my friends. This blind Bartimaeus said, I'm going to keep praying no matter who 
tells me to be quiet, I'm going to keep shouting all the more because I have faith. If I can get the Master to hear my plea, I was blind, but now I see I can see again. And listen to me, friends. We have got to get the tenacity of blind Bartimaeus that says no matter who's around me, no matter what people say, I will not be silent. I will cry out in my prayers because I know He hears me. Do you have faith like Brian Bartimaeus today? Do you have faith to press in with prayer? Do you have faith to get up in the morning and keep praying and praying and pressing in? Some people say, I don't have time to pray. You don't have the ability not to pray, my friend. You have to pray. Get up earlier and help God. Uh, let God help you through your busy day. People say, I'm too busy. I don't have time to pray. My friend, you need to get up earlier to pray so you can do all of those busy things. God is looking for a people that will pray and not faint. That was the introduction. If you're ready for the lesson, say amen. I got now 70 scriptures on prayer. I'm going to go through you with you quickly. Are you ready? Just think it's the Bears game going overtime. Amen? Write these down quickly. Matthew 14:23. As he dismissed them, he went onto a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. If Jesus needed to pray, how much more did you need to pray? Come on, if Jesus, the Son of God in the flesh, had a direct relationship with the Father, said, I've got to pray, how much more should you pray? Matthew twenty-one thirteen. It is written, he said to them, My house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of thieves. This is a house of prayer, amen? And another version says, A house of prayer for the nations. Matthew twenty-one twenty-two. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. He said, the, he said the, uh, the, the context of that, that the deal was you've got to pray according to His will. Glory to God. Matthew 26, 41. Talking about the end times. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Listen here. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. How many know when it's time to pray, most of the time you feel like your body is going to go to sleep? That's always what happens because you calm in your spirit. You're getting alone. It's quiet time and our body thinks, oh, it's nighty time. No, it's not. Hello? That's why you got to jog or walk or do something to get your body in discipline. Amen? Mark 1.35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where He prayed. What did Jesus do early in the morning? He prayed. You're not too busy to pray. Hello? You're not Jesus. If Jesus can do it, you can do it. Mark 9.29. He replied, and when they couldn't cast out demons, this kind comes only out by prayer and fasting. Acts 1.14, they all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. I always tell Catholics, you want to pray like Mary? Yeah, I want to pray like Mary. How does she pray? She prayed to Jesus. That's how you pray like Mary. She didn't pray to herself. Come on, somebody. If you want to pray like Mary, Peter, and Paul, and all of the saints, they prayed to Jesus. Somebody say it's tight, but it's right. Praise God, Acts 2.42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Church is about prayer. Every service has prayer meeting 45 minutes before you get here. Sunday morning at 9.15. Latino service at 3 o'clock. Young adult service at 6.15. Youth service at 6 o'clock. Every one of our services, 
prayer. Hallelujah. Acts 4.24. When they heard this, this was after they were persecuted, put in jail, and whipped for serving God. After they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, You made the heavens and the earth and everything in them. Now grant unto thy servants that with great boldness they may preach the word, stretch forth their hand in the name of the Holy Son, child Jesus, and that signs of wonders may be done. Acts 4.31. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke the Word of God boldly. You want some shaking going on? Pray. You want some boldness? Pray. You've been getting persecuted? You need strength? Pray. Come on, Acts 6.6. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. Acts 6.4. The apostles were too busy waiting on tables to pray. They said, y'all, find some deacons to take care of this, and we will give our attention to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. Acts 8.15. When they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost, Espirito Santo with fuego. They said, have you received the Holy Ghost? No, I haven't. I didn't even know there was a Holy Ghost, man. What's going on? Fuego! Receive it! Glory to God! Pray for the Holy Ghost. Acts 14.23 Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. Young people, you want to preach and teach and do all the things of the ministry? Pray and fast. Glory to God. Acts 16.13 Lord, give me energy for three more pages. Come on. Woo! Acts 16.13 On the Sabbath we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. Here there's women gathering at the river to pray. Hello? And Paul says, I'm going to the river to find them praying. He says, look what I found. Some women praying. When was the last time you prayed by the Lake Michigan? Come on. Get radical for Jesus. Y'all getting quiet on me. I said, what was that time you prayed by Lake Michigan? Outdoors, by a river, find one and pray by it. Romans, or Acts 16, 25. As Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to the Lord, the other uh, prisoners were listening to him. Then an angel came, set loose their bondages, and set them free. Don't you know that when you pray, your praise go up, the power comes down? Don't you know that? When you let the praise, the glory, the power in your prayer to go up, then the power of God comes down. Romans chapter 1 verse 10. In my prayers at all times, I pray that now at last by God's will, the way may be open for me to come to you. All of y'all need to be praying that we get to Pakistan, Nigeria, Afghanistan, all of these 300 nations that God has promised us to plant 500 churches in. You need to pray for your pastor to get to India again, to get to Mexico again. Pray that that we can reach the world for Jesus. Woo! Come on, somebody. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit Himself intercedes with us with groans and words that words cannot express. When was the last time you bent over at an altar, couldn't even cut a word or a sentence out of your mouth, but you felt the groanings of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit moving in and out of you? That's called intercession. Deep groaning for the lost. Deep groaning for a nation. That's the type of prayer 
you should get involved in. Look at Romans 10.1. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer is to God for the Israelites that they may be saved. When was the last time you prayed that God bless Israel, his home nation of Jerusalem, the city of David? God said those who bless Israel will be blessed. Hello. Pray for the peace, the shalom of Jerusalem. Glory to God. Romans 12.12. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Somebody say, be joyful in hope. Somebody say, be patient in affliction. Somebody say, be faithful in prayer. Don't give up praying. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. For if I pray in a tongue, shikabumba, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. And 1 Corinthians 14, 15 says, so what shall I do? I shall pray with my spirit. Hallelujah, shikabumba. And then I'll pray with my mind, dear Jesus. I will sing with my spirit, yandelebaha. And I will sing with my mind, come Lord Jesus. you got to pray in the spirit and pray with your mind. The Bible says when your spirit man prays, your mind doesn't understand, but you're speaking mysteries to God, and you can sing and pray in the Spirit. Come on. 2 Corinthians 13, 9. We are glad whenever we are weak, but you are strong. And our prayer is for your perfection. What was Paul saying? He was praying. I'm praying y'all get perfect. Nobody's perfect, Pastor. That's why I'm praying for your stinky self. I'm praying that you get out the muck and the mire and start living for Jesus Christ. Amen? Because he said, be perfect as your Father in heaven's perfect. That's my prayer, and that's why I'll be praying the rest of my life. Amen. Ephesians 1.18, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to what he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. I pray you understand just what I read that I'm praying for you to understand. I don't even think you got it. I'm praying you understand it so that when you pray you can get it because there's a prayer that Paul prayed for his people that your eyes open up, that you see the glory of God, that you see there's more than your little job in a house, that there's really a God who created the planet who wants to fellowship with you. And I pray your eyes are opened up to the richness of his love. Ephesians 3.16, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may know the height, the depth, the breadth, the love of God which surpasses all knowledge. Woo! I pray you all know something about that. Ephesians 6.18 And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Adolfo needs to pray for Augie. Augie needs to pray for Charles. Charles needs to pray for Josh. Josh needs to pray for Adam. Adam needs to pray for the visitors. Visitors, you need to pray for me. Brother, you need to pray for your wife, your family, and everybody sitting on this front row. Pray for all the saints. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Philippians 4, 6. Listen to this one, one of my favorite. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Lord, help me. No, you better put some thanksgiving in that prayer. Lord, I love you. Lord, I bless you. You've been so good to me. Now, God, deliver me from my enemies. Pay the bill because you are good, God. He said, with prayer and thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Get rid of that pity, patty party with you and the devil. Amen? 
Colossians 1.9 For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. I pray for every one of you here to be filled with God's wisdom and understanding and that you would pray for each other. Let me know God. I pray I know God more. I pray I know more about God than I know about the Bears starting lineup. I pray I know more about God than what I do 9 to 5. I pray I know more about God than CNN News and ESPN. I pray I'm filled with this knowledge. Come on, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 11. With this in mind, we constantly pray for you that our God may count you worthy of His calling and that by His power He may fulfill every good purpose of yours and act prompted by your faith. I pray that you get off your duff, your butt, and do something for Jesus Christ and that you change the world. If you get out of this place and change the world, baby, you answer that prayer. Come on. I just want to sit here, Pastor, and not do anything. That is why you stink, because they call them a pew, baby. Get up out the pew and go live for Jesus Christ and be radical. And when Jesus looks down on you, let him say, Look at angels, that's my boy, that's my daughter going buck wild for Jesus. You thought David was the only one wanting to take on giants? Look at that young man. Look at that woman right there. They call her a grandma, but I call her a mighty woman of God. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, and intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, especially those in authority for kings. How many know we need to get on our knees and pray for Obama, the man who has allowed homosexuality to do more in our government than ever before, who has allowed abortion to do more than it's ever done before, who has a wicked heart of an atheist and pretends to be a Christian? How many know we need to pray for mercy? You should hear some of the things he says, Antichrist. But we need to pray for him. Glory to God. Look at 1 Timothy 2. I want men everywhere to lift up holy hands in prayer without anger and disputing. Come on, somebody lift up your hands in prayer. Come on. I want men and women. Lift up your hands. That's why we lift up our hands. 1 Timothy 4, 5. Because it is consecrated by the Word of God in prayer. Do you even know why you pray before you eat? Because the Bible says all food is now consecrated by the Word of God in prayer. So before you eat and get down, you need to say, Jesus, I thank You that I'm not starving today. And I thank You for this food. Now bless it, Lord, and let me use it to serve You. Hallelujah. Look at Philemon 1.6. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. I pray for every single one of you to be active in preaching the gospel and sharing your faith. Hebrews 5.7. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, He offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries. Everybody hear that? Somebody say loud cries. We're not talking about some library prayer, dear Lord, bless me. We're not talking about this. Jesus lifted up loud cries and petitions to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. I pray that there's humility in your heart. I pray there's brokenness. And you lift up your voice and God will hear you. James 5.13 says, Is any of you in trouble? He should pray. Is any of him happy? Let him sing songs of praise. James 5. 14 through 17 then says the prayer if anybody is sick he should get to church to pray and anoint him in oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well Come on, does anybody here need a healing from Jesus? Let's pray for one another. First Peter 3:7 Listen to this husbands every husband say amen 
Husbands, in the same way, be considerate to your wives in the way you live. Treat them with respect as the weaker partner and heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. You want to know what will hinder a husband's prayer? If he doesn't treat his wife right. God will turn his back on you, Jack. Listen to me. You better treat your wife right. Look at your, your beautiful wife right now and say, Mama, I love you, honey. Where's my wife <laughs> Baby, I love you. I don't want nothing hindering my prayers. Glory to God. Look at 1 Peter 3.12. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and His ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. I pray and the Lord hears me. No, He doesn't. You a sinner. He's going to damn your soul to hell. The only thing He will hear from you, you wicked, evil sinner, is God have mercy and save my soul. God is not blessing you with a, uh, a parking spot in Walmart. He is not blessing your children. He says he turns his back on the evil. Get that in your heart today. I'm telling you, my friends, if you're evil, God does not hear you. But if you're living right, he'll hear your prayer. Somebody say amen. Third John 1, 2 says, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you even as your soul is getting well. How many just want life to go well with you? How many just want life to go well? Come on, are you starting to believe it? Now you're waking up a little bit. Preacher preaching too much to you. Come on, how many want to have a good life? Pray that you'll have a good life. Glory to God. Revelations 5, 8. What does it look like in heaven? I'm going to tell you right now. When we pray, and He was taken up, the four living creatures, the 24 elders fell face down before the Lamb. Each one had a heart and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. So in heaven, angels are holding bowls, golden bowls, that are burning incense before the Father, before the Son, and it is a beautiful smell to Him. And what is that incense? The prayer of the saints. Our prayers are precious, precious to our Father. God loves it when we pray. Revelations 8.3, another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He had been given incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. Somebody say, pray! And do not faint. Glory. Are you all ready for the message now? See, that's what it's about. It's about praying. It's about getting on your knees. Why do we get on our knees? Act of reverent submission. Why do we close our eyes? To get rid of distraction. Why do we raise up our hands? Because the Bible says it's a sign of surrender. Okay, so now you know the little do-diddles. Other than that, you need to open your mouth, cry out from your heart, and talk to God. And you might say right now, Pastor, well, I don't have a lot of faith to pray. I've been let down in life. I don't know how to pray. Well, I want you to write down some of these scriptures right now on what you can pray for. Because you know where faith comes from? Faith comes by hearing the what? The Word. And you're going to hear the Word right now. I'm going to give you some faith-filled Word scriptures for you. Are you ready? Can you say amen? This comes from our book. If you don't have it, it's the seven-step book. And it's under, uh, over uh, Living by Faith, the chapter Living by Faith. Number one. Healing from all sicknesses and diseases. Matthew eight sixteen through 17 1 Peter 2, 24. It says, we are healed by His stripes. So you're saying, I don't know if I have faith to pray right now. I don't know if I can get up and start praying for healing. Well, there's the Word. You need to hear that Word. Believe that Word. Jesus was a historical figure. Walked the streets of Galilee. He's not a myth, my friends. He walked the streets of Galilee. And he was crucified. 
Tacitus, the Roman historian, says that he was crucified and worshipped as a god among the Christians. This is a pagan noting what was happening. Doesn't mean he believed it. He just noted it. He was crucified and he was worshipped among the Christians as a god. Josephus said that they understood that by Jesus' death, vicariously, their sins and sicknesses and sorrows were taken away. Historical fact, my friend. Now the Bible says a spiritual principle took place. While you and I were born into this world of sin, and you and I have sicknesses, He took that on that cross. Joe, when are you going to stop praying for you to not wear glasses anymore? When I go to heaven and meet Him and I got perfect sight, or I stop wearing glasses? Are you listening? When am I going to stop praying about cancer? I prayed it 20 times. You, you take your medication every day, don't you? Take your Holy Ghost medication. You keep praying to God heals you or you go home to be with the Lord. Says that He came and did that for you. How about healing from a broken heart? How many have been hurt in life? How many have gone through troubles and all of a sudden now you can't even pray? The trouble itself, keeping you from praying. The very thing that's supposed to bring you to your knees in prayer, you can't pray. Why? Because there's so much pain in your heart. Listen to the words of Psalm 1611 and Luke chapter 4 verse 18. Jesus said, I came to heal the broken hearted. You keep knocking at his door saying, Healer! I need to be healed in my heart. Healer! And He will hear you when you cry out for Him to be your healer. How many have been healed of a broken heart? How many have had their emotions restored by Jesus? Come on up here, man. We're going to get excited as we get to the end here. Freedom from worries and fear. You ever deal with worry? Anybody here ever deal with fear? Do you know anybody, Ellie, that's ever dealt with fear? Come on, do you know anybody, Charles? The Bible says God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Matthew 6, 33-34 and 2 Timothy 1, 7. You need to begin to hear the Word of God and say, you know what? I can be free from my fear. Why aren't you all writing this stuff down? You need to write this down. You need to be free from your fear. Amen. Pastor, you ever get afraid? Yes, I get afraid. But I come knocking at His door. Living in financial prosperity. How many need to be blessed right now? Need bills to be paid, debt to be cleared. Look at what it says. Deuteronomy 8.18, Philippians 4.19. You know what Philippians says? My God shall supply all your needs according to His riches in glory. When was the last time you put your name in debt in that scripture? And my God shall supply all my need to pay back all these credit cards in Jesus' name according to His riches in glory. I double-dog dare you to pray like you mean it. Uh, number five, winning souls for Christ. How many are broken-hearted that people you know are going to hell without Jesus? You know right now they're going to hell, but you know what? You can pray. You can pray. Listen to me, saints. You can pray and see people get saved. What is the promise to that found? 1 Timothy 2.4, 2 Peter 3.9. Do you know that the Bible says in 2 Peter that he wishes that none would perish, but that all would come to repentance? Do you know that when you start knocking on heaven's door saying, Jesus, I pray for my brother that he gets saved. Do you know that Jesus is saying, I'm with you. I'm interceding with the Father right now. I'm rebuking demons on your behalf. When you start praying and say, God, I need my mother to get saved. I need the co-worker to get saved. You are praying the very prayers with Jesus as he is the high priest interceding up in heaven how about a blessed family 
How many need a blessed family? I want my wife to be blessed. I want my children to be blessed. I want everybody that calls himself a Wairasic to be blessed. Come on, somebody. The Bible says, Joshua 24, 15, and Proverbs 19, 14 say that me and my house shall serve the Lord. You keep praying until when? Your family's blessed. And then you keep praying so your family stays blessed. Come on. Number seven, overcoming sin and temptation. Anybody ever been tempted here? Anybody ever felt temptation? Anybody ever given into it? This is what the Bible says. John 8, 34 through 36, Romans 8, 2. You say this, Lord, deliver me from temptation. Deliver me from evil. Jesus, you said to me, go and sin no more. I receive it right now. Give me the strength to never go and sin no more. How about living a Christ-like life? You want to live like Christ? Not like Mike, but like Christ? You want to be like Christ? You know that Jesus was the perfect example, right? You know that He was the most normal Christian? He was the one that we're all supposed to be like? He actually says you can pray to be like Him. Glory to God. I want to be like Him. 2 Corinthians 5.21, Colossians 3, 1-3 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. Come on, you can say, Give me the mind of Christ. Jesus, put your mind in mind. Get rid of all of my stinking thinking. You have over 50,000 thoughts going through your brain every single day. Why don't you get the mind of Christ on the matter? Amen? Glory to God. How about victory over various trials in your life? Maybe you're going through some things at work. Maybe you're going through some trouble with your family, some arguments, disagreements, bitterness, whatever you're facing, various trials. Romans 8, 31 through 39, 2 Corinthians 4, 17 says that you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who loves you. You will overcome neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons nor things present or the past shall separate you from the love of Christ. Hallelujah. How about living free from your past? You ever have a situation that just haunts you? You feel like you're in a merry-go-round mentally? You're going through the same thing over and over and over again. Let me give you some good gospel news today. You can step out of your past and step into your future if you know how to pray. And the Bible gives you some scriptures. Romans 8.1 and Philippians 3.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I don't have to be who I used to be. Come on. Number 11, you want revival, spiritual awakening? You want to see God shake this church? Give us 500 churches around the nation. Set on fire every service that we have in this place. Everywhere you go, seeing people healed at the supermarket. Then you get on the microphone like that brother did in California. Attention, attention. Healing in aisle 3. Healing in aisle 3. It really happened, my friends. It can happen here. Second Chronicles 7.14, John 12-32 through 32 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and heal their land. Woo! Glory to God. Knowing and living a God-given purpose. How many want purpose in life? How many want to have a target, a bullseye, something to aim at? This is why I'm here. I won't get distracted. The Bible says He's got a purpose for you. Psalms 139, one of your favorites, girl. Come on. 
that the Bible says in Psalms 139 and James 1.5 that God has more plans for you than the grains of sand on the seashore and they are precious to Him. And James says if anybody lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives freely unto all men. Which way should I go, God? Which school should I go to? How should I invest my money? Where should I move? How should I take care of my family? Go to God with everything in prayer. Glory to God. And number 13, how many want a blessed ministry? How many want to change people's lives? Stand up to your feet. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 28, in Mark 16, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They will cast out devils, speak with new tongues, and lay their hands on the sick. Go ye therefore into all the world and make disciples of all nations, teaching them everything that I've commanded you, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And lo, I'm with you always. Look at your neighbor and say, He's with you always. Glory to God. How many want to pray? Thank you guys. How many want to pray? Let's just start right now. Come on, pray to God. Jesus, help us to pray. Come on, some of you haven't been praying. Why don't you repent right now? Come on, get right with God. Come on, Jesus. Help us to do what you commanded us so simply to do. Come on, don't, don't be quiet now. Come on, somebody, start praying. Pray so I can hear you. Encourage me to pray. Pray so your neighbor can hear you. I don't know where we got whisper prayers from. I think that came from the Catholic Church. But we are not to whisper prayers. Cry out. Talk to God. At least talk to Him. However you talk, talk to Him right now. Come on. Well, he can hear me when I whisper. Oh, yeah, but that just means you're afraid. Because if you were bold, you would cry it out like Jesus did. Don't let fear come in the side of your heart in the form of religiosity. He just hears my heart. Well, cry out like Jesus did. Let him hear your words. Let the devil hear you. The devil can't hear your thoughts like you think he can. That's a lie. you got to tell the devil, get out of my life. Jesus. Jesus, help us to pray. I pray this week that we're people of prayer. I pray that there's a foundation of prayer. Some of you want to pray in the Spirit, let's go. Jesus. Jesus, may this house be a house of prayer. May this house be a house of prayer. May every home be a house of prayer. Jesus, Jesus, just a few more moments and then we're going to dismiss you. And the Bible says pray without ceasing, pray continually, pray on your way home, pray to God. Jesus, Jesus, hallelujah, just give me your attention for two more seconds before we go here. Two things that I felt and I want to say it clearly before we go. The first thing is. Is that we feel that the devil hears our thoughts, and that's a lie. The devil does not have that authority. For you to tell him something, you have to speak it. I want to let you guys know that. So those of you who are fighting things that come from the devil, you just can't think to yourself, devil, get out of my life. No, you got to tell them to get out of my life. You say, well, how does the devil plant thoughts? The devil plants thoughts through demons. 
They plant them. That doesn't mean they hear what you were thinking. God is the only one that does that. Sometimes we get this all twisted like God and the devil. They're having a boxing match. Then you're like, man, i got all these crazy thoughts in my head. Where are they coming from? Look in the mirror and you'll find out. They're coming from your flesh. Your flesh has enough evil and corruption to damn you and this whole world to hell by itself. Oh, yes. So here's the number one thing. You want authority over the devil? You have got to tell him, get out in Jesus' name. And then if you can show me one whisper prayer from Jesus, then I'll teach it, okay? Then the, then the other thing is this. Is that God is not looking for the prayer to be just in here. He's wanting it to be a lifestyle. Are you all getting in? So what did Jesus do? He would get up early and pray. Go Get up early and pray. God would... Uh, Jesus would go out with his disciples and pray. Just get in the habit of praying. Somebody comes to you with the trouble, oh, let's pray about that. It was so funny. I heard a pastor say he was on the plane, and a woman said, you know, are you a religious person? Because I guess he was reading some type of a book that she would think that. And he didn't want to tell her he was a pastor. He said, yeah, you know, I have a relationship with God. I teach people about that. So she never asked him anymore. And then she said, yeah, I'm dying of cancer. Can you pray for me? And then he said, in Jesus' name. She said, don't pray in that name. He said, there ain't no other name to pray in but that name. L- listen to me, my friends. This is not New Age theology. We're not just saying meditate. Mm. You pray in Jesus' name wherever you are. On the airplane, somebody says, and I got this cold. Man, can we pray about that? And Maybe just give them a little warning. I'm going to pray in Jesus' name. Hello? Somebody on your job going through problems? Hey, can I, can I pray with you about that? See, get in the habit of prayer. And for sure, when we're with each other, let's pray. Man, I'm going through something. Oh, man, really tell me about it, man. It's been so hard. i got all these problems. When was the last time you saw Jesus being like Dr. Phil? Peter, let's talk about it. Things are hard. You're not fishing anymore. I know. I know. It's so tough. No. Satan, get behind me. Problem solved. Pray for each other. Pray for each other. We don't have to sit here counsel. Oh, you know, the Bible says counsel from the wise is good. But I'm just saying we don't have to talk about it all the time. Because sometimes it helps you live in it. And we don't want you to live in your problem. God doesn't want you to live in it. He wants you to get out of it. So just number one, get authority. Pray with authority. And number two, just pray all the time. Amen. And, and can you pray for me too? Pray for this guy. I'm getting a lot of gray hair. It's been hard on me, man. Just pray that pastor will relax as I pray for you. Hold each other's hand as we go. Praise God. I thank God for you today. Lord, thank you for these wonderful people. We had a wonderful time. Bless us as we leave from this place, but never from your presence. Bring us back again safely and let us be people of prayer before you let go of that hand pray for them right now and as you let go dismiss in love in jesus name god bless you